0: Learning scripture, knowing Christ. Welcome to the Hashtag One Fear podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. And today it's just myself and Danielle. Hi. Hi. Uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances and uh, Ray Lynn having back issues because she's so old and uh, then getting sick. And we ha- we're going to have a friend come up and join us. Um... I don't think she wanted a microphone, though.
1: No, I think she was just gonna watch.
0: Yeah, we'd end her. up giving her a microphone. Maybe that's why she didn't come. <laughs> no, she was feeling under the weather as well. But we are in the upper room, and it is about eighty-five degrees up in this room right now. I I had the window cracked a little bit, but it's just I have it wide open now, and it's still not making a difference. But that's all right, right? Right. Yeah. Um and because Ray Lynn's not with us the dog did not follow her up but we do have Darcy with us and he's down there on the floor licking himself. And to, clarify, nurse and to clarify. And to clarify Darcy is a cat.
1: And he really wants a
0: friend. <laughs> he, does he want a friend?
1: He does want a friend.
0: He has many friends that live here.
1: Nope, he wants a friend of the same species.
0: Whatever. So Today, we're going to continue our conversation that we started last week with uh, zealousy. And we still don't know if that's an actual word.
1: <laughs> we like it.
0: We, yeah, we like it. Um, and I really, really, I think looking into what zeal is and the negative zeal kind of going towards the direction of a negative jealousy, I wouldn't be surprised that it, in the English language anyway, it was changed from. Uh, zeal, having a negative zeal to jealousy, instead of zealousy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The neighbor started his motorcycle.
0: Oh, did he? Yeah, we still have the window open, so you might hear some background noise, some birds chirping and stuff like that. I don't know, but anyway. Um, so we are going to actually look at a passage in the Old Testament in the in Kings, First and Second Kings, uh, because there's a there's a point in there where. I think it's a very, very good passage to clarify even more what a positive zeal is versus a, in comparison to a negative zeal. Uh, the, the example we're going to look at is a very negative zeal. And using, using the word of, uh, of a prophet that uh, God gave this prophet and using that to, to his advantage uh, to exact this certain zeal. Uh, And then we're going to look at a little bit of something in the Gospels where Jesus reveals uh, something that's very, very interesting that has to do with some zeal, okay? So, you ready? Mm -hmm. You and your cross-stitching over there? Yep. (laughs) How long long have you been doing that? Since Sunday, right? Since Mother's Day? Yeah. Yeah. How much do you have done? Just a guesstimation of a percentage.
1: Um, Maybe a sixth
0: <laughs> yeah so it takes time
1: <laughs> well it's a detailed dumbo cross
0: stitch it is very detailed i can't wait to well we'll put po- if we ever get done well if she ever gets done with it i'm not doing anything with it <laughs> we'll post a picture on instagram for you guys to see yes because it's very nice it is very nice. all right so without further ado here here we go go So the first passages that we wanted to look at, I want to just give a brief history because what's happening in Second Kings chapter ten, uh, there's certain things that happen beforehand that uh, you know we want to give the I want to give the historical context to what leads up to this point with Jehu in Second Kings chapter ten. So first of all, I want to give a quick rundown of what has happened in the past. Okay, so in First Kings. Chapter 21, verses 17 through 29. uh, This is what it reads. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the Tishbite. Go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard, where he has gone to take possession of it. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, this is what the Lord says. In the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood... Dogs will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. Ahab said to Elijah, So you have found me, my enemy. I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. He says, I am going to bring disaster on you. I will wipe out your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and that of Baash." Baasha, son of Ahijah, because you have aroused my anger and have caused Israel to sin. And also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Dogs will eat those belonging to Ahab who who die in the city, and the birds will feed on those who die in the country. This is some pretty intense scripture. (laughs) Hang on, I'm, I'm almost done with this one. All right. There was never anyone like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, urged on by Jezebel, his wife. He behaved in the vilest manner by going after idols like the Amorites the Lord drove out of before Israel. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and, fa- and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went around meekly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day, but I will bring it on his house in the days of his son. All right. So that's First Kings twenty one seventeen through twenty nine. So these very vile people. I mean, if anybody names their children, their children Jezebel, it's such a pretty name. But it's just been completely marred because of this woman. It's just Isn't a bad it like a name. Not a cursed name. Yeah, it's like, I, does anybody know a Jezebel? I, just emails, so let us know. I'm somebody curious. Somebody
1: actually named Jezebel, not somebody who is a Jezebel. Yeah, like. <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: this is Jezebel was like the pre-Karen, <laughs> except a lot more violent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Or maybe that's taking it too far. <laughs>
1: But, we like
0: to do that a lot. Uh, it would sometimes, yeah, but uh, it, but it's interesting because he humbled himself. He must have been like he really must have got it. it, like he realized, wow, this is this is horrible, and God is so much more powerful than me. And he humbled himself to the point that the Lord said, "I'm not going to do this to you right now. It's actually going to happen to the uh, to your house in the days of his son." Now, as far as a, a son in Old Testament. Uh, usually when you say a son it's either a, a literal son or a descendant of this person so uh some time goes by and second kings chapter 9 verses 1 through 10 come up the prophet elisha all right so that was elijah that gave that prophecy now we're uh to his his student become prophet uh elisha and he's uh the prophet <laughs> wow blah, uh the prophet elisha summoned a man from the company of the prophets, and said to him, "Tuck your cloak into your belt. Take this flask of olive oil with you, and go to Ramath-Gilead." And uh, I'm in Second Kings chapter nine. I forget if I said that or not. Verses one through ten. Uh, verse two: When you get there, look for Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nim- Nimshi. Go to him, get him away from his companions, and take him into an inner room. Then take the flask and pour the oil on his head and declare this is what the Lord says I anoint you king over Israel then open the door and run don't delay <laughs> so to clarify if you go through the old testament and you look at all the kings especially comparing the kings between Israel and the kings of Judah there's very few kings in Judah that are considered righteous in the eyes of the Lord there is not one king in the old testament uh, the kings of Israel, there's not one of them that is considered righteous. Every single one is considered evil in the eyes of the Lord. So it kind of just makes sense that when Elisha tells this prophet to go pour oil and say, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna be the next king," anointing, anointing him to be the king to run after doing that. Like it makes a lot of sense because there's so much. Uh, national turmoil going on right now. There's civil wars. There's other nations trying to invade, invade. And Israel themselves are trying to get themselves pulled together while trying to fight these armies and also trying to invade under, other lands and, you know, bickering back and forth between Judah as well. Um, it, it, things are just not going that well. So, of course, this prophet is going to run as soon as he does that. All right. Verse 4, the, So the young prophet went to Ramath Gilead. When he arrived, he found the army officers sitting together. I have a message for you, commander, he said. For which of us? asked Jehu. For you, commander, he replied. All right, so at this point, Jehu is actually commander of the army. And now he's about to get anointed to be king. Verse 6, Jehu got up and went into the house. Then the prophet poured the, poured the oil on Jehu's head and declared, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anoint you king over the the Lord's people Israel. You are to destroy the house of Ahab, your master, and I will avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the Lord's servants shed by Jezebel. The whole house of Ahab will perish. I will cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, son of Ahijah. That is a mouthful. Uh, As for Jezebel, dogs will devour her on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and no one will bury her. Then he opened the door and ran. (laughs) And it makes total sense when that's what he is up against. So now with all that background, Elisha has this message from God and and says, this is what's going to happen. And then Elisha is like, I remember that word. I'm going to send this other prophet to go tell Jehu, "Hey, you're going to be king." And along with that, there is this message that this message that we need to remember from Elijah Elijah that this stuff is going to happen, all right? So now, that brings us to 2 Kings chapter 10, verses 15 through 16, and now here is where the zeal comes in. After he left there, he came upon Jehonadab son of Rechab, who was on his way to meet him. Uh, And this is Jehu, by the way. Jehu greeted him and said, Are you in accord with me as I am with you? I am, Jehonadab answered. If so, said Jehu, give me your hand. So he did. And Jehu helped him up onto the chariot. Jehu said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Then he had him ride along in his chariot. All right, so first things first, Jehu comes across Jehonadab, son of Rechab, and he's like, hey, are you with me? And he's like, sure, I sure am. Like, don't want to be against you. In fact, uh, Jehonadab is someone that has a common enemy, all right, and that is uh, the current king of Israel. And he, he wants to join Jehu in this exacting that needs done. He doesn't want this kind of uh, leadership in this nation because it's damaging everything that he's trying to go for. Everybody is being selfish in what they want. All right, every, every ruler, every commander, everybody that has anything to do with uh, hierarchy wants their own thing, and they're all fighting for the same thing. It just happens to be... Uh, for uh, they're all fighting for their own thing. It just happens to be that Jehu and Jehonadab have a similar enemy. Even though they, they may kind of get along uh, or they're just tolerating each other for the moment, they join together. And what, what Jehu says, uh, if so, give me your hand. So he did, and Jehu helped him up into the chariot. What Jehonadab did was put himself in a place of vulnerability that if he actually was not accepted, Jehu would just slip a knife in him. You know, it, it would, it would. It's a, it's a signal. It's a symbol of I'm submitting to you. I'm going to go into your chariot so you can show me how things are done. All right. So this is what Jehu says. He greets him. Uh, he after greeting him and bringing him up into the chariot, Jehu says in verse 16, "Come with me and see." my zeal for the lord then he had him ride along in his chariot now what's amazing is that what kind of a zeal did jehu have the rest of chapter 10 shows every single thing that elijah and elisha said that would happen and this other prophet every single thing happened his entire this entire family of this king of israel was completely annihilated And not only that, he goes to these prophets of Baal, and he completely annihilates them. He goes into the city and completely kills them. He does all of this stuff to get rid of anybody that's in this line of this king. And everything that was supposed to happen with Jezebel too happens. She gets eaten by dogs, and she's never buried. People just trample over her. It's pretty gruesome epic too, but it's pretty gruesome. Um, So Everything that he did, he's saying, or was about to do anyway, is saying, this is my zeal. This is the kind of zeal that I have for the Lord. Now, what we have to understand is that just because God said that this was going to happen doesn't mean that he was actually zealous for what the Lord wanted him to do. All right, there's a big, big difference. I don't think the Lord wants us to just kill anybody and everybody, I think what is happening here is that God does know humanity for who they are. He knows exactly what kind of a person Jehu is, and therefore, that that evil that was in him, he God used for his advantage. He knew it was going to happen. What blows my mind is not the stuff that's, oh, Jehu did this horrible stuff, Jezebel was horrible, and all this other stuff— what blows my mind is that God knows humanity so well that He can pull strings like that. All right? So to clarify about Jehu, uh, further on in uh, Second, Ch- Second Kings chapter 10, verse 28, So Jehu destroyed Baal worship in Israel. However, he did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nabat which he had caused Israel to commit, the worship of the golden calves at Bethel and Dan. And then verses 30 and 31, the Lord said to Jehu, because you have done well in accomplishing what is right in my eyes and have done to the house of Ahab all I had in mind to do, your descendants will sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. Yet Jehu was not careful to keep the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, which he had caused Israel to commit. All right, so this blows my mind. Jehu doing right in the eyes of the Lord. God accomplished what he needed done, the eradication of pure evil. And the response is that that evil's gone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, I mean, God's not encouraging evil in in this sense. He's using evil to eradicate evil, it seems like. What are are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm not, I guess, like, that part I'm not even thinking about. I'm just thinking about the, the zealousy part of, I think, his being zealous started in the right place, right? And then we said he didn't continue with it, well he got, he didn't do everything he was supposed to do. And I think that can happen with us too. Like we can start in the right place. Yeah. And I think it can be really easy to get caught up and end up unintentionally maybe doing things or encouraging things that aren't of God. So like if he's, um, what was it? He was still worshiping or still using the bales. No,
0: he he eradicated the Baal worship. What he was doing was still doing the uh, golden calf worship.
1: Okay, so technically, in some ways, don't a lot of us still end up with? I'm gonna be that person. (laughs) Our own like golden calves, you know, like where it's we say God is enough and that we're worshiping God, but there's always that other thing of God and yeah, and I mean when you look at when Moses went up the mountain. It was like I went up the mountain, and you guys couldn't not worship something else while I was on a mountain. um, <laughs>
0: like how bored were you,
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's i it's almost like that comfort thing that you hold on to because they can't they don't see God in the way that like we can say we can look around, we can see how God works, but like he doesn't have a face to them, yeah, so it's almost like this comfort your kid who wants a blankie or a certain stuffed animal at night. It's a tangible something, and I think that we can learn from that is that if we don't keep our heart and our mind set on where we start out with our zeal and keep it in the Word and on God, it can. You could say, well, this was my dream. This is what God told me to do. But five years down the road, you might need to look and say, did I keep on track with where my zeal was five years ago.
0: Yeah, and it, what's interesting, it, what's absent from the scripture is that God never put any more into Jehu than that.
1: <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? Like he he wasn't like yeah okay up to the fourth generation that like there's a wall there that was hit like what happened, and uh, it, it just seems like. God was not going to invest in something, in in a people, uh, that were a part of this type of a system that was completely okay with trickery, lying, and 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 all this other stuff. Like, I mean, if you read uh, other parts of chapter ten of Second Kings, he tricks all the prophets of Baal. That's what he does. He gets them into the temple. Hey, we're going to do the sacrifice. And what he does is assigns his soldiers to make sure that nobody gets out. And if somebody does get out, and they and they continue to live, that's their life. Then that's pretty rough, you know. And uh, I don't know. I, like I don't. I wouldn't think that God would want to continue to invest in something like that. It was for the moment something that was y- usable. And I hate using that word because I don't think God uses people, you know. But the the evil that was happening at that time was something that could be used in in that moment. Um, now that brings I want to bring in something that that comes up in the Gospels a lot too, uh, because there's a certain zeal there that has I mean we God knows Jehu. All right, he knows him. And he, Jehu does have this type of zeal, but that zeal led to further, uh, further uh, evil stuff that he was doing, further worship of false idols and stuff, false gods. So now we come to the Gospels, and we see Jesus doing things like healing people and doing all this crazy stuff that's just amazing and it's awesome. And then he tells them, don't tell anyone. Like, okay, well, why is that? And, and I get the, the divine, uh, this divine mystery, this divine secret. Like, he, he was not willing to allow people to uh, take on that mystery and try to explain it to others before they have a, an actual fuller understanding of who Christ is. Because, hey, I, this guy healed me, and I'm all about this healing. Then all of a sudden, it becomes something like an idol because we're all about the healing instead of the healer. God did not want to put that into other people's hands. So in the Gospel of John, chapter five, there's something there's this debate going on uh, as to who exactly who uh, Christ is, and he says, you know, it's kind of like Jesus is being his own lawyer, in which he brings up these witnesses. To defend himself, one of which is John the Baptist, and the other one is scripture that is speaking of him. All right, going to the Old Testament, that uh, like saying Moses was everything that Moses was writing about and what he t- said was talking about me. And he tells them that, and it's like those are the two witnesses. Uh, he even hints to the, the Holy Spirit in, this, in these passages and then he goes uh on in John chapter 5 verse 41 he says i do not accept glory from human beings but i know you and why is that because god does know humans and therefore will not entrust them with god's glory all right and that's that's saying a lot about us <laughs> you know what i mean uh verse 42 I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. So, what he's saying is that you guys have all of this stuff that you're saying that, yeah, I affirm this person as the Messiah like that is what Jesus is stopping. I affirm this person as a as, as a true rabbi. I affirm this person as this and that. And what's happening is Jesus is like, "No, you guys have no place in affirming because that is elevating yourself a lot higher than what you actually are." Jesus is saying, "I know you humans. You're not that savvy, <laughs> you know." All right. So uh but if someone else comes in his own name you will accept him that's another sign humans are just that weak we'll just accept just about anything look at com- look at commercials you know and oh and going back to jehu hey i'm anointed king i'm the one that's supposed to do all of this stuff but really it was because your heart was about that kind of stuff that you would do that
1: and I think, I think going along with that verse, like the first thing that I thought of was that you can say that you follow the Bible and that you follow Jesus' teachings, but I think we see this kind of thing happen whenever maybe somebody that you love, like, like a popular preacher or teacher or whatever, but it's brought up that, hey, they twisted scripture a little bit here. When you defend and make excuses for the person versus realizing the misuse of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of shows that where your loyalty lies. It's not that you can't still love that person, but you have to be willing to say, I'm here for the truth and not that.
0: And going back to what we talked about last week, is that the zeal, it may look like you have a zeal for the Lord and a zeal for the Scripture, But when it comes to loyalties, the zeal actually gets turned into zeal and loyalty to the person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think you can see it when stuff like that happens, when you're more worried about, well, don't say that about this guy I like, versus, oh, he did misuse Scripture.
0: Yeah. And I'll be honest, I listen to different podcasts and different sermons, and I don't agree about (laughs) everything. Um, And I would rather listen to that, though, to get myself thinking yeah. because I, because of the zeal I have for scripture and for God, I want to be able to think better and, and know scripture better and see what's, what's coming up against it.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're able to do like a spit and chew, then there's other people that I'm just, it, maybe this sounds mean, but it's a waste of my time. Yeah.
0: Like, uh, especially when it comes to, um uh, Oh, what's the word? Heresy? <laughs> no. Um the the pomp and and rhetoric. That's the mm. word I was looking for. Sorry. Um when it comes to the rhetoric, like they, they have those subtle quips and the, the nice sayings yeah. and not only that, oh my goodness, the those tight jeans are just really nice <laughs> and he has a smile or she has yeah. a smile. You know, it's
1: like uh, what does that all have to do with the truth yeah. of God? I think though, if you are not truly in Scripture, um, and I, I let me think of how to say this. So, you don't have to always be super intentionally studying it in like a academic way, but like if you don't have time on a day to do that, read the Bible, whatever. But you can't just read some verses. And then listen to people who are maybe consistently throughout different sermons pr- preaching things that aren't right and expect to be able to know that. Yeah.
0: Yep. So
1: if you're listening to it in a way to, to grow you and challenge you and take it to Scripture and say, no, that's, you know, that's not right or this is right, that's when you're going to get sucked in and you're going to get led led astray. I mean, the Bible talks about even believers being led astray by false doctrines.
0: Yeah, but we don't preach about that, and we don't point those things out that much, not in not in church. Which, but which, by the way, uh, we've had a couple responses to the Song of Songs thing, and uh, that's still out there. Uh, give us give us your thoughts and uh, how much you've listened to <laughs> uh, sermons or whatever from from your church. Uh, or, or maybe not specifically your yes. church, but uh, where have you heard? Where have you heard things about Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon, whatever you want to call it? Tom's
1: going to be super specific I'm and want you to call specific. it Song of Songs.
0: I will. We'll get there next time. <laughs> All right. um, so John chapter five. That was John chapter five, and uh, the last verse I want to bring up is verse forty-four there. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? All right. Why don't you seek the glory of God? And now, it, I, I'm going to, I hate playing, I hate devil's advocate, but I kind of want to play it right now. Do it. Um, verse 44. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another? All right. So they're accepting glory from one another which means people are giving it to others, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God. Meaning, God is glorifying us? Or is it that we should recognize God's glory, that we receive it? Hmm, say yeah. it again. Or should we recognize the glory of God to receive it?
1: I don't because, like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, hey, you said to do it.
1: I didn't say <laughs> I was going to answer. <laughs> um. It's
0: churning, isn't it? Huh.
1: huh. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> so to help out, the, the word glory is doxa, where we get uh, like a doxology, a, okay. a, a hymn of, uh, of praise and worship. Uh, so this, this glory, that's something to be zealously seeking after. Because God, God does want to give of himself to, to others. What he's not going to do is entrust himself. I mean, we're, we're entrusted with the Great Commission. All right? we're, we're, we should be telling people about Christ. And the, the, point, the point that I'm getting at is that when we do the Great Commission, we, we tell about God. When we tell about Jesus, we're not literally entrusting, uh, like taking responsibility of God and thrusting it on people. What's happening is, hey, I'm informing you of the truth, and I'm letting you know who God is seek after him, because he's willing to give himself for you. So ponder that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave that right there and see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. And think, think about how Jehu is like, hey, come and see the zeal that I have for the Lord. We need to be sure about what our zeal actually is when it comes to wanting to display it for others. Um, I, I think I honestly think that is completely fine. We don't need to be in people's faces or anything. We don't need to be the uh, the guy standing, protesting and stuff like that in the name of the Lord or anything like that. Uh, but we, we do need to check, I think, why and, and what we have zeal for. Uh, because I look at this and I see Jehu do horrible things, and he says that's his zeal that he has for the Lord. Even though he did, like he did exactly what the Lord said. But the Lord called called it out as, you know, this is humanity. They're gonna do that kind of stuff. Uh so with that, you wanna do some takeaways? Sure. Yeah, chew that up and our our takeaway. Do you have one?
1: Well, you kinda just gave one with the uh, yeah the zeal thing. Um yeah, just make sure your your zeal is coming from and continues in the right uh, path. Um, yeah, just looking into the the glory thing more, and I think think about it because we always talk about like it doesn't say to seek God's glory in this particular verse. Um, yeah. And when you look at it, I mean, it's credit or value or respect that comes from God. Yeah. And so it's just, it's a very interesting, I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way.
0: Yeah. And it it makes me think of when Moses was like, show me your glory, mm-hmm. and God's response was, if I do you die <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but hey, hide in this cleft, and when I walk by, you'll be able to see uh my backside and uh he he does see God's glory, yeah. and uh, I would even say he saw a physical manifestation of his of his glory. as for us, I think the the glory that we might see is. God's interaction in our life like His actually doing stuff and when I say that he's doing stuff in our lives I don't mean like oh it's all peaches and cream I mean like hey the glory of God cannot be in the same spot it cannot be in the same area of certain evils all evils I should say Um, I'm not saying that everyone is pure evil (laughs) I'm not saying that (laughs) Uh, but what it, what it comes down to is, what is our willingness to die to self every single day, pick up our, cl- our cross and die to self, so that we can stand before the Lord and, and say, and just, act, you know what, in the current, in the, yeah. pres- in, our, in the present state that we're in right now, that we can go before the Lord and Him not say, I know you humans, and I'm not going to entrust myself to you. But instead, that when we go before him, and we pray, and we, we seek his glory, and, we, and you know whatever it might be, and we go to him, he responds with, I'm not going to entrust you, but I'm definitely going to go walking with you. Actually, no. Let me reverse that. I'm going to invite you to walk with me.
1: So I was just thinking, here's my other maybe challenge. Um, as I read over verse 40, 43, that I've come in my father's name and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you'll accept him. Um, it made me think of how often like seminars, any, anything where, you know, you're having a bunch of Christians gather. It's all about the name.
0: The brand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And sometimes that's okay. Like, sometimes they're they're an okay person to, with what their teachings are. If you're going to have somebody come and the basis is that they are a Bible-believing, God-fearing, God-loving person, like, I think what I would challenge is just because you haven't heard of somebody, look into their teachings. Look into what they stand for. Same yeah. with somebody you've heard of okay, maybe you've heard a couple sermons, they're great, or you've heard, oh, my friends love them. It should all come down to, like, do they actually come in the name of Jesus or do they come in the name of themselves? Right. And it just makes me sad sometimes, like, I think it's great. I think God uses a lot of people, but sometimes there's so much hype around who the person is and not about what they're bringing.
0: Yeah. I've seen a lot of branding coming out because – and it's – I forget what show it was. It was one of the cartoon ones. (laughs) Uh, Maybe – sorry. Uh, Maybe it was uh, Family Guy, I think it was, where, like, the speaker was, like, the youth – the hip youth pastor type person. And, like, he was very relevant. And what he was teaching was, like, really, really bad. I like think it was wrong, but they just like flocked to him yeah. and it was like, Oh, I, I, am going to follow what he, what he's teaching. And they all fell for it. And the yeah. character by the end of the, the episode is like bawling her eyes out because it was just not good to follow that. And it, it I see that now, uh, maybe not in, in the extent that family guy was <laughs> portraying it, but uh, the branding with like the ripped tight jeans and Uh, certain jackets and wearing certain clothing and talking certain way and and using things that
1: tickle your ears yeah
0: using certain terminology um and even like i mean we've we've talked about our marriage our relationship but not in a way that we use it to get people's attention to listen to what other things that we have to say
1: yeah
0: you know like stay on topic like if you want to get yourself to look more popular so people listen to you don't use your your family your marriage or whatever it might be to do that you need to use the word of god to get people's ears and perked use up it correctly. And, and use correctly yeah. uh, because if people are not if people are going to listen to you because of the the wife or husband that your you have status. or your status like how much money you have or the way that you are are clothed, whatever it might be, that's what is attracting them. It is not the attraction of the beauty and glory of God.
1: Well, and that's evidenced when you see those things fall apart.
0: Exactly. But because in, they can't stand yeah. up. That That is a very poor foundation.
1: And disclaimer, we are not... Uh, my gosh, I cannot think of the word. Promoting what? family guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't I watch honestly, it
0: honestly i think i've seen two episodes maybe three i like i don't even remember like not even really intentionally yeah. um just say. yeah i think i think one of them i was in a waiting room <laughs> <laughs> and what is it it's on fox or something yeah. and that was on yeah
1: we try to be be pretty intentional too about like what we yeah will portray what we Stand behind, so I just wanted to kind of put the, <laughs> just we're not to saying go out and watch it. It's a great show <laughs> no, I mean it, it all but when you were talking, it made me think about oh, I don't know if I can say it um in spider man
0: oh you you don't <laughs> want to ruin it I don't yeah, uh, yeah I mean, wait. at this point, I think Maybe most people my, who are fans most fans probably yeah, but wait, in the newest one, yeah, the in whole like it, what yeah. you
1: come in as a hip youth pastor or oh ever, yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That was great.
1: Yeah. So uh, just make sure your zeal is behind the right thing. You know, yeah. be zealous for God. Absolutely. Be zealous for studying his word, for listening. But make sure it's zeal for the truth and not zeal for yeah what sounds good.
0: And, and, and don't fall on that pit. I, I think this is my takeaway. Don't fall into that pit where just because you have a zeal, that it means that it's that it's the righteous thing to do. Yeah. Because remember, Jehu still did evil and said that it was uh, zeal for the Lord. Uh, the Lord said, yeah, you did, you did right. You did, ex- you did exactly what I said. Uh, but that was because God knows humans, knowing that they would do stuff like that. And. This is a long time. Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, more things come to me as I'm just yeah, sitting yeah. over here cross-stitching. Um, Zeal sometimes it sounds like a real hyped up word, at least to me, like when I hear it. And but it doesn't have to be attached to some monumental thing. Like or you know, what people what we would call monumental. Like you know when people life altering things. Well, like when people yeah. talk about like, you're a David, you're a Daniel, you're a- no, you're you. <laughs> you can learn from those stories. <laughs> but like have a zeal for serving God wherever you are. So, according to who you are. Yeah. Too. So like, yeah. I mean, you and I had this conversation as I melted down last night, and then I, I was talking to a friend about it too. That just, um, the sometimes like I I want to be a stay at home mom and I mostly am, but it's hard sometimes to have the zeal that I know I have in a society. That no longer values somebody just being a stay at home mom. And so I need to be a real, like to realize I need to have that zeal to serve God in the place He put me, which is primarily mom. And that it's okay. I don't need to chase all, I don't need to be zealous for all these, you know, other things if this is where God has me. And I can totally bring glory to Him whenever I'm zealous in the right way I don't know if that's like the right but like yeah. sometimes we're looking for those mountaintop yeah. experiences I think now that
0: you say that I really feel like zeal could be fragile because we can be very easily influenced by everything else like what you're saying like the world might say that's you need not to the norm this. Okay, yeah. okay I'll do that, that. It, that's not the norm so yeah. um, zeal can change real quick and we may not even know it. Uh, so going back to what I said earlier, check what your zeal yeah. is going towards.
1: And it can be the flip side of that too, where your zeal could be on the right thing, but it can be shattered so quickly when somebody tells you that it's not good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, say I am zealous for being yeah, a stay at home th- mom.
0: I think we talked about that a little while ago. Uh, and we brought I brought up that, Uh, Just because somebody's does good, and you're not doing the same thing, doesn't mean like you're doing horrible. Like, hey, you should be doing the same thing that I'm doing. Be a part of my organization or uh, the kind of stuff that I do. That doesn't mean you should, though. You know? Yeah.
1: So. But. Those are my. Yeah.
0: Good. Good conversation what we do That's how we do yeah um and Raylin, we miss you if you're gonna listen to this one I don't know if she ever listens to them
1: I mean I don't I, put this only yeah. I don't, I don't want to hear voice. my
0: own voice yeah whatever <clears throat> I love you so and uh right. and our friend Roz that was gonna come
1: feel better feel better by the time you, you listen to this you should time. be
0: <laughs> so t- this is Friday night we're recording instead of Monday uh but you better be better in the next couple of days. <laughs> all, <laughs> right. all right. And closing remarks. Website onefear.net, and find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and tell us what your your thoughts about Song of Songs because we're gonna be recording that one pretty soon. All right. And thank you for listening. And per the usual, live, live such, such good, good lives. lives.